Welcome in to Coffee and Football. I'm Bobby Burton, your host, joined by Jerry Hamilton. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Uh, it's time to talk a little Longhorn football, eat a little turkey, hang out, talk some, talk some Texas football. Blake Monroe is at the uh, Comanche Athletic Department right now trying to get hooked up. A yeah. uh, little slow going out in West Texas, this, this uh, strange thing called Wi-Fi, but I'm sure he'll make it in. He's got to call a game later today actually uh, in the high for the high school playoffs uh, so he'll be joining us uh, each and every coffee and football on Thursdays brought to you by the folks at Texas Road we appreciate them Jerry Hamilton happy Thanksgiving how you doing buddy I'm great man just uh look we're what are we uh 34 hours away essentially 30 <laughs> yep. hours away essentially I mean that's about where we're at so uh yeah, I mean, I look, I, I watched Joey McGuire's press conference again this morning uh, just to kind of listen to what he said about injuries again. I watched a little bit of the, uh, again, some Taj Brooks highlights to see kind of where he's improved as a runner to me from last year to this year or just physically how he's developed. Uh, yeah, yeah, man, just uh, getting ready for all of it and um, we'll uh, we'll see what happens here. Well, you since you watched that uh, Joey McGuire uh, press conference, why don't you give us your thoughts on it, Jerry? Yeah, I think uh, he said Tyler Owen should be back and Miles Price should be back. Um, talk and Ramirez, linebacker, should be back. Didn't play against UCF. Uh, Spencer, offensive lineman, who's a starter some of the year before he got hurt, does, he thinks he'll travel to Austin, not play, but will play in the bowl game. Um, you know, Jalen Hutchings, obviously they think – they're selling that he can go. Why the why the line just moved a point and a half though is my question. Um, that's why I went back and watched what he said about injuries. Uh, so I, <clears throat> I'm going to be interested to see what Jalen Hutchins can give them Saturday um, in this game. Uh, but yeah, they 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 talk like look, Miles Price is a big one for Tech because I'll tell you where Tech's strength may be. Their punter's really good. Their return men are really good. Miles Price is a really good punt return guy, averaging about 22 a punt return. Uh, their kickoff return, Dre McRae, has taken one back for a touchdown. He averages 28-2. Uh, so their, their, their return game is actually a strength of theirs, and their punt game um, is a strength of theirs. I mean, he's he, this will be the first time you've looked across the field this year and said their guy's better for sure than Texas got punter. So how much of a – uh, difference could that make in flipping field in this game? We'll see. Well, look who's joining us now, Jerry. The, yeah, the great Blake Monroe. I don't know if is he. Are you there, Blake? Are you okay? Oh, I think yeah, hopefully, delayed. hopefully, I'm not having computer problems anymore. Uh, hey, Blake, where are you at right now, buddy? <laughs> I'm in the Comanche Director's office, uh, having having to do some stuff up here today and. Yeah, before Thanksgiving. So I, I'm broadcasting from his office. All right. Well, hey, it sounds like you're still a little, uh, you're still having problems. Uh, try to work that out. Yeah, and give then me we'll one get back and I'll be back. All right. Sounds good. All right. Uh, Jerry, you and I got to handle it from here for right now. Um, that's interesting about uh, Miles Price because he, he is the one guy that gave Texas a lot of problems, I thought, in the passing game a year ago. Yeah. So not only is he uh, is he a good uh, what would you call it a, a good punt returner, which you're talking about, but he really gave them problems over the middle. I yes. Thought. Yes. Um, you know, and so uh, I feel like you know you look at it and them adding another person that can move the chains for them. 
is a is a big piece of the pie or a big piece of the puzzle for them. I'm saying pie right now. As uh, I'm thinking about Thanksgiving, Jerry. Uh, there's no doubt about that. Uh, all right, uh, got some other things we want to talk about today as well. Uh, the Longhorns right now, uh, ten and one. The road to the college football playoff. Uh, becoming clearer by the week, I think, Jerry. Uh, we still believe that uh, it will be a team from the Pac-12, a team from the Big Ten, and a team from the SEC. The fourth spot, most likely a team from either the Big 12, which would have only be Texas at this point, or a team from the uh, ACC. Well, Florida State right now, 11-0, but just lost their quarterback. They have a match up this weekend with Florida. Uh, Florida without its quarterback, too, by the way. Yeah. So I don't think the Gators are exactly favored in that. And, and Florida's guy is a zone read guy. Apparently, they're going to have to run a lot of zone. Right. Maybe that helps them in this game. Who knows? Maybe so. But uh, hey, they've got Louisville, who's uh, 10 and 1 themselves, by the way, yep. uh, in the ACC championship game. Uh, so. Like I said, the playoff picture becomes clearer for Texas uh, as we move forward. Uh, a couple other things of note, Jerry, that I want to get to. Uh, one of which is uh, we had a lot. We've had a lot of discussion about the portal, the transfer portal for the University yes. of Texas, and how many guys might be moving into that at the end of this December fourth time period. Uh, you know, I, I still am. I'm in that five to ten range, five to eight range. Uh, you, you based on some things we've heard over the last 24 hours, you still in that kind of range right now? I am. I am. I, yeah, I think so. Uh, I think that's where we're, we're probably headed in that range. And uh, what'll be so interesting to me, what, what makes college football so interesting now uh, for many uh, in many ways, but the portal, especially is, is just say, just say Texas uh, beats Texas tech and wins the big 12 championship game. And say they end up the four seed in the playoffs. You're going to have teams leaving a team. You're going to have players leaving a team that's about to play a playoff game. I mean, that's just – that's the craziness of college football right now to me, right, is it, Texas could be the four seed if they win the next two games possibly, right? And they could be sitting there with as good a chance as anybody else to win a national championship, and you could have six to eight guys leave the program. I mean, that's that's just how crazy college football is now with the portal window and the portal dates. It doesn't make a lot of sense um, to me, uh, but it is what we're uh, dealing with now. Yeah, it, it's crazy. Uh, Longhorns, it, this is also, Jerry, uh, a game where the Longhorns will host official visitors because it's a home game, right? Yeah. Um, and so think about it that way. Uh, who are some of the guys? I mean, E. Kim is putting up who is asking who are are there any surprise visitors for the game? Uh, but do you who are some guys that are expected to visit the from a recruiting perspective? Yeah, we'll see. I mean, one of the guys, a junior, Max Granville, uh, edge linebacker from Fort Bend Christian. His dad, uh, uh, Billy Granville, played in the NFL with the Oilers. He is a, a high fast twitch edge kid. He's a linebacker. Is he an edge kid? He's probably got more of the linebacker frame, similar frame to Colin Sims. I'm not comparing him as a player, guys. Similar frame. He has all the offers, all the blue blood offers, but he can go get it off the edge. He'll be at the game with his father. Um, <clears throat> Jarrett Gibson's coming in. Ryan Wingo's coming in. Uh, Kobe Black should be at the game. Jordan Jonathan Rebell said he's going to be at the game. 
Uh, Jordan Washington, we have on the show, is going to be at the game. Um, so we'll be we'll be monitoring some of those 2025s. I mean, look, <clears throat> you'd have to also have to factor in who's in the playoffs. I mean, there's a lot of teams still in the playoffs, right? I mean, DeSoto's in the playoffs. Duncanville's in the playoffs. North Shore's in the playoffs. Cy Fair, so Trey Owens, Landon Rink are out uh, for that game. I mean, you go down the list, Jasper playoff game. Uh, there's so many teams. Carthage, who has the 20, young running back. Forney, who has the 2026 20, running back, is playing Daniel Cruz's team in the playoffs. So if you go down that playoff list, that knocks a lot of guys out and a lot of guys out that are either committed to Texas or have Texas offers right now uh, that will not be able to attend the game. Uh, so it, the visitor list could be a little light. We'll see, though. We'll see. Does a Zion Williams from Lufkin end up making it in? Um, you know, hey, does, does Xavier feel same sneak back on campus? We'll find out Friday. Uh, I guess so. I mean, that would be interesting because he's supposed to be in uh, Gainesville, right? For the yeah, but that game's not until Saturday night at six. So could you conceivably pull off both? You could if you flew out of Austin. Interesting. That's but I'm not saying it's happening. But I'm not saying it hasn't been looked at either. <laughs> <laughs> hey, this is a good comment from C. Clear. I'd rather be here than watching the Macy's Thanksgiving Parade. Guys, I, I, that, I have to be honest, I don't know that anybody, I've never sat down and watched a full parade. I I tried. I've tried so many times. And some, Blake, I see Blake backstage here. I'm going to add him. Blake, I've tried to watch parades. That's what and, Blake's been doing for the last 10 minutes. <laughs> I, mean, I can't see it for, I can't, I can't try to watch some like large Charlie Brown or Snoopy go by and think that that's supposed to be fun. I, I just don't get it. Blake, I'm how you doing this morning, buddy? Not, a lot better. I switched laptops. I switched internet. Oh, much better, Blake. Much better. <laughs> yes. So doing doing a lot better, guys. I'm I'm good now. Hopefully. Uh, hey, what game are you calling today, Blake? Uh, so not today. Actually, tomorrow. Um, I, Comanche is going to play number one ranked. Uh, oh gosh, my mind just went blank. Um, I, I was looking at, at Division Two. And so I'll, I'll be heading up to Arlington. They're playing at the Rangers old stadium today. They're doing like a breakfast deal. So I'm up here for that. But I, I told the Comanche athletic director, I got to borrow your office. We got a show to do. The show has to go on, even though it's Thanksgiving. So here we are. Well, they're playing Gunter. Who's Thank you. Tre Thank tremendous. You. Yeah. Two hey, Ramiro, to happy Thanksgiving from Fairfield, Texas, man. Hey, if you see Tony Brackens, tell him to come on coffee and football. <laughs> he can go live from his tractor on his ranch. Hey, Tony, Tony apparently has a daughter or two that's pretty good basketball player really, right here. Really good players. I think one of them graduated. They went to state last year. But uh man, if you see Tony Brackens, tell him to come on to come on over to the show. We'd love to have him. We'll bring up the clip of him knocking out the tech punter. Oh, that would have been <laughs> perfect. Oh, that would have been a perfect guest for this week. They might be good for tomorrow morning. We might need to just show the video tomorrow morning. Uh, strange but true. I actually know. The I don't they're not married anymore, but that that tech kicker got married to a friend of mine, a professional friend of mine. Uh, and she uh she like was like, Oh, he remembers that hit barely. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so yes, that was Tony Rogers, I think was the kicker's name, right? That that or was I'm uh, Texas fans are gonna kill me on this because look, it was a long time ago. That's not that wasn't the play where uh Mac of it got concussed though, right? No, that was the that was a play where 
Uh, it was an out of bounds play where a Colorado running back. That's right. It was or a, a Texas running back. I can't remember who, but oh no, Brackens hit Makovic and Makovic hit. Yes. Uh, and he had post post concussion syndrome yes. and couldn't think straight for a while. Uh, <laughs> not that that helped him. I, I think Texas went on a four game win streak at that point, probably. <laughs> um, to be honest, I, I oh, no, yeah, but, uh, look, you know, uh, Pope McKee. Colt McCoy was on here about a year ago. We've had him on the show before. Yep. Tomorrow, Blake, I, I appreciate you. Blake set up somebody that is a Longhorn legend, and she is going to the game tomorrow. Yes. Uh, it's Kat Osterman. Uh, yeah. She's going to she's gonna join us uh, for Friday's uh, uh, Coffee and Football. We appreciate her uh, very much for joining. Uh, Blake, you're going to lead now. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sit back and let you kind of – be the MC and me and Jerry will try to answer wait, questions. Wait, wait, wait. Does that mean we're gonna have two we're gonna have two Dobie Longhorns on there in the morning? No, Kat is not a Dobie Longhorn. Oh, she Krista didn't go Williams was a do Dobie. Oh, Krista Williams went to Dobie. That's right. She's the head coach at Kingwood in softball now. All right, guys. Well, let's get to some questions and plenty of time to get your questions in. So please do so. And uh, we have a couple of super chats, it looks like. This one from Daniel Kinneman. He says, how excited are you that A&M is back during Thanksgiving weekend starting next year? I'm, I couldn't be more excited about it, man. It, this state has missed this game. It's hurt this state in recruiting. It's helped Ohio State, Alabama. It's helped everybody. You know, I get what, I get what went down. I get why it happened. But from a recruiting perspective in the state of Texas, not having that game has hurt this state in recruiting. Even Joey McGuire commented on it at his press conference. I just watched his press conference again this morning, and he talked because somebody asked him about Tech no longer playing Texas. And Joey went to Texas and Texas A&M and how the state needs those games. He attended games at Texas. He attended games at A&M when the two teams played because obviously he was a head coach at Cedar Hill and had friends on both staffs. The state needs the game. I don't care how much A&M fans hate Texas, how much Texas fans hate A&M. Look, the recruiting battles are going to be fun, um, but the game, this not having this game has hurt this state in recruiting in terms of keeping more kids home. I firmly believe that. I, my my take on on this is that it's been necessary or been needed for a long time. I mean, to Jerry's point. Uh, I just wrote an article on Inside Texas about my first Texas Texas A and M experience. Um, and it's one of my favorite moments in my life. And I, it happened when I was eight years old and here I am 54 still talking about it. Um, memories are made in those types of games, guys. Yeah. Um, and as you get older, you realize those matter to you more and more. And so I, I feel like, uh, uh, it's going to be good to have that back. I think the sec is going to do a good job of preserving it and, and treating it the right way. Uh, that was one of the things that uh, Texas talked about with them uh, during that that uh, that uh, situation. So, look, I, my my think my thinking on it is is we just need to get back some semblance of normal normalcy, really, in the state of Texas in college football. Uh, and I do believe that the lack of that marquee game be between the two biggest name teams in the state has caused some ambivalence within the state as it relates to high school recruits. It's not that high school recruits didn't always go elsewhere. There was just never a game to point to. What are you going to point to? Texas A&M versus LSU. Well, LSU's play somewhere else. Yep. Um, Texas versus Texas Tech. Well, 
you know, really, if unless you're from West Texas, Texas Tech is a third or fourth or fifth team, you know, um, in that category. I, I, I just feel like this is this needs to be the preeminent game in the state each and every year and mean something like it did for 80 years before. What I've always gone back to since the teams haven't played, and when people say, ah, I don't need to play, well, whatever. Ricky Williams breaking the record, running through that win meant a lot. That's, I mean, the fact that he broke, I will always remember that. Who he broke that record against, Texas A&M, the play he did it, because that win was one hell of a linebacker. And he ran through that tackle. And AM was really good on defense still at that time. And that Ricky Williams w- broke that record with Tony Dorsett in the house against Texas AM in that game, which ended up being an unbelievable game because Ricky had a couple of fumbles, then the, you know, the late field goal. But that will always stick with me. It wouldn't have stuck with me the same if Ricky Williams broke that record against Baylor. All right, guys, before we move on to some more questions, Bobby, I'm going to let you tell everybody out there about Texas Road. Yeah, Texas Road uh, is brought to you, is, is the preeminent uh, group that specializes in difficult road construction around the state. They also do the simple stuff, uh, but the team's engineering background gives them the ability to p- perform work that others d- uh, deem too risky or can't do at all. Uh, Rick Vavro and his team offer an end-to-end client experience, including seamless communication, budgeting, staffing, and top-notch trade partners. And most importantly, they produce solid quality work every single time. That's Texas Road. Give uh, him and give Rick and his group a chance to earn your business. Go to TexasRD.com. That's Rick Vavro uh, and his group at Texas Road. Okay, guys, let's get into some more questions here. And uh, we have a question from Russell Hinkle, and he says, Jerry, how much headway can Texas realistically make with Phil Same in just one practice slash one day on campus? Well, I, so here's the thing I think to remember there, and it's a good question, is what's the lead up to that? The lead up to that is Florida's five and six um, and uh, direction of the program is in play there. Is the coach going to survive? Are there going to be defensive staff changes after signing day? You know, there's a lot of things at play here. Uh, Wardell Mack already flipped from Florida to Texas. Nasir Johnson flipped from Florida to Georgia. They're going to lose at least one more defensive player coming up uh, out of that class, probably two, but the second one will be closer to signing day. Uh, they're going to lose another one. So that defensive class is taken on water. So there's a lot of things going on there before you ever hit campus. But here's the thing. I mean, if it had just been, if it had just been a, a visit where it was just a kid coming down, it's different. But him and his dad came down. They spent the day. They watched the practice. Uh, they spent time with the staff. And I, I've said it before. I think they'll be back before signing day. All right, guys, we have a super chat here from Derek Wisner. And Derek says, good morning. With Byron Murphy walking on senior night, is that a sign he's moving on to the NFL? Appreciate the top-notch coverage. <laughs> hey, well, first of all, Derek, uh, thanks for the uh, the super chat, and good luck to Trey tomorrow. 
Hey, um, I, I was going to say, speaking of coverage, man, your nephew yeah. is one of the best at Texas at kick coverage. Yes. Um, good luck to Trey tomorrow. Um, about Byron Murphy, look, uh, there is a lot of talk going on behind the scenes. Let, let's just kind of come clean a little bit on the portal stuff, Jerry, and, and talk and try to get realistic as possible. This is the time of year where a lot of things go on behind the scenes that nobody really knows about. I'll yeah. give you an example. Guys are starting to sign leases for next year yeah. in the spring. Okay. Guys that have already live. graduated. Where they're going to live. Where the, they've got to figure out where they're going to live for the next 365 days after they come back. Well, you can't just decide that December 15th and then go home and come back and move in somewhere on January 1st. All of that stuff is happening right now. Okay. So guys are making decisions. They could be guys that are walking today because they are seniors, right? They could still be coming back. Byron Murphy is walking. He came into Texas with 60 hours already because yeah. he, he had, had an associate's associate degree. degree. So he's a little bit different. The, yeah. the issue that Byron Murphy's got is whether or not he's a top 100 prospect in the, in the country, in the NFL draft. If he's a top 100 prospect, he probably needs to go pro. If he's a fourth or fifth round guy, that's a different story, and that's where he looks at Tavondre Sweat because that's where Tavondre Sweat would have graded out a year ago. And now Tavondre Sweat may have made him not just $5 million, but 15 to 20 yeah. by coming back. And Tavondre Sweat also made, you know, NIL last year too, so he didn't go home empty-handed, right? So guys like Tavondre Sweat or um, Alfred Collins, guys like Byron Murphy, Jake Majors is one that still has a year left, even though he's a senior. Um, Jonathan Brooks. A lot of guys are possibilities that maybe you wouldn't think would be on the surface uh, and do have NFL options or other options, but some are seriously considering it, and we don't know for sure where all of them have come out yet. I mean, that that's that's reality. When we do, we will definitely report them. I, I want to add a, a two more just thoughts to it. Um, this is more opinion thoughts. If Texas goes on and wins the next two games and gets in the college football playoff, man, those guys have accomplished so much. <laughs> go, 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 go make your money. If you're third round, just go live out your dream, man. You've helped Texas and Texas fans live out a dream. Go live out your dream. Uh, I mean, because the risk is the risk for me on a Byron Murphy is is pretty substantial to come back. Not, I mean, talking injury. He's been a healthy player, knock on wood. Um, th there's just, if you if you go on and win the Big 12 and you end up in the four seed in the playoffs, man, what else? You've given it all. You've done everything asked. You've helped build the culture. You've had a chance to play at the highest level of college football, meaning win a conference championship, play in the college football playoffs. So I think all that stuff, how this thing goes in the end, could play in a little bit. I think the other thing uh, with, with a, a guy like Byron Murphy is, uh, you know, my opinion is he probably should go, guys. I I just think, look, he's not going to get twitchier. That's the kind of, Bobby, I think the, the, the issue is he's not going to grow and he's not going to get twitchier. You know, a, a Tavondre Sweat came into Texas at 260 pounds, right? And he's gained 100 pounds and built up his body. Uh, Byron Murphy kind of – he kind of – is what he is physically at this point. He's maxed himself out. So 
where are you really going to – you know, you're not going to get twitchier for the NFL. You're not suddenly going to become Aaron Donald. No, but he can get he can get stronger. There's no doubt. He's still young. I mean – I guess. <laughs> I, well, he can be, Jerry. I mean, there's still – I'm just telling you. And furthermore, if he does that against SEC opponents as opposed to Big 12, there's some value in that too. So, I mean, I hear you, um, and I'm not saying no – I'm saying if he's not in the top 100, there's an argument. Yeah. And that argument is going to be had. Uh, Ralph Neely's asking, Puna Ford went undrafted, I believe. Yep. Yes, he was an undrafted free agent. Oh, by the way, Ralph Neely had a great comment earlier. Uh, Miles Price is his nephew. That was a good one, Ralph. I like that. Miles <laughs> Price, a heck of, he was a heck of a player coming out of the colony. Who's that borderline three-star, four-star kid? All right, guys, we got some more questions along these same lines here. Russell Hinkle says, uh, what are the chances Alfred Collins returns after seeing what it did for Sweat this year? I, You know, my my thinking right now is he's a maybe. Um, and he is one of the guys we're talking about here. Uh, he has the opportunity to return. Uh, he needs uh, – his grade is not as good as Murphy or Sweat, clearly. Um, and so if he if if Murphy may be fourth, fifth round right now, what people are saying, Collins may be fifth, sixth, seventh. So does he need a offseason of true commitment? Kind of like what Tavondre Sweat put in this past offseason. He might be one too. But if Texas, I mean, think about it. If Texas could get Murphy, Collins uh, back, as well as somebody like Jake Majors, that all of a sudden makes that team not look so young next year heading into the SEC for the first year. Not saying that's going to happen, guys, but that that's the thinking behind it. And it's funny you mentioned that because that was actually going to be the next question, Bobby. Forrest Eldridge asked, we need Murphy and Collins back for the SEC, don't we? Yeah, and Trill Carter, I saw that that name pop up too. I mean, he could walk because he'll be a senior. They, they need those guys um, because, look, it is going to be a step up in physical competition, uh, and it is going to come down to execution on offense and defense in the in the SEC. Uh, but you have to have the big guys up front to make that even a, a possibility. So I I feel pretty good if Quinn comes back that the offense is going to execute. I feel pretty good that PK now that he has his system in place, the defense largely is going to do what it's supposed to do. We'll see, however, where it goes long term, right? That's and it depends largely on which guys come back and which guys don't. And while we're on that subject, Steve O'Matic asks if we knew that one of Worthy and Mitchell would be back in 24, which one of the two would be more likely? Neither. Yeah. <laughs> guys, I wish I could give you a hypothetical, but I don't, I think that hypothetical is left the building. I, I, and I want to say this. I want to add on to that. Texas wants guys to get drafted. Absolutely. They want six, seven, eight, nine draft picks this year. They want the, hey, if you're good enough to go pro, man, go pro, get drafted. That helps the program long-term. I mean, I know, I know the, I know the thought is, well, if they guys come back, how good can you be? Well, that's, that's great. I mean, if, you know, Kevin Durant had come back for year two, Texas wins the national championship. It wasn't happening. And the guy goes number two in the draft. And I know it's a little different, but Texas 
wants A.D. Mitchell to come in here and have a great year and go get drafted. What do you think that does for the future of their portal recruiting? <laughs> Absolutely. And and look, Jerry, you heard a little something about the portal yesterday about yeah. Texas's uh, um, desire in that regard. Share Share with folks that. Yeah, I was talking to somebody yesterday, and uh, somebody just said, I think uh, this season is going to end up being really good for Texas as far as interest from players that are going to jump into the portal. Multiple players. I was like, oh, okay. And it doesn't surprise me, but to hear it from who I heard it from, pretty interesting. And it was high. They're not talking about just guys. They're talking about high-end guys, right? Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. All right, well, it's funny you mentioned that, too, because Justin Bar- Justin Bar- Yarbrough's Super Chat says, Happy Thanksgiving, guys. Talking about the portal the past two years, there's been a few guys Texas wanted that went elsewhere. How does this season specifically help Texas in portal recruiting? I think it helps them. I, help, I think this season helps them in portal recruiting. Um, maybe part of it, Bobby, is all the things we just talked about. If Worthy and, and Mitchell go pro, somebody's going to look at Texas. It's a really good receiver and say, hmm, well, that looks pretty inviting. Sign maybe, me up. Maybe two guys. JT Sanders goes pro. Hmm, that, that looks inviting. D, uh, even a D lineman could say, they just lost two, a first team and a second team All-American. Huh. Well, that's not bad. They have NIL there. Huh. I mean, I just, you know, I just think that's where things are headed. Um, is, you know, look at, and I'm not saying it's the same level, but look at the players that Alabama's got out of the portal. I mean, it's amazing what happens when you win and then you're, you have guys get drafted every year. I think we think about it in high school, but if you win and you have guys get drafted, then those guys looking for that one-year opportunity, they really see you in a different light than a lot of other places. Or Georgia. Yeah. Georgia took the top receiver from Missouri and – um, Mississippi, Mississippi State. State after losing Adonai Mitchell. Yep. So that right, look, winners look, winners get the spoils. It, it's uh, what it's what Mike Norvell has going for him at FSU. You think there's an edge guy not looking at Jared Verse in a smaller school? It's a really really good player. Saying, mm-hmm. man, that guy's about to go in the first round. I mean, and on a good team. Uh, we, while we're talking about the portal guys, Jerry King says, how many do you think will take? And I'm going to add on to that with Bill Bowden's question, portal numbers versus high school numbers. Well, I think, I think they're going to end at 21 to 23 in high school. That's, that's pretty clear right now, depending on um, uh, pot- potential additions like Kobe Black, potentially like Xavier Philsame, maybe T- Ty Anthony Smith, and then potential subtractions in case somebody flips at the last minute and goes elsewhere. Um, so I, for, for portal additions right now, I'd say five to six um, at least. I mean, they have serious needs at linebacker um, at tight end uh, at wide receiver and probably at safety. And then we have a question from David pancake. He says, do grad transfers count against your numbers? Yes. Not against your signing numbers, but against your numbers. But now the signing numbers don't count anymore either, other than just the 25 high school guys. All right, guys. This next question from Daniel Kinneman. He says, does guys going day three register with recruits? Of course, talking about in the NFL draft. And then what about undrafted free agents? I think it all matters. Just guys getting drafted. I mean, look, at the funny thing is I think – 
all these kids want to play in the NFL. That's their goal, and thank goodness it is. Um, but not all of them think they're going in the first round. Not all of them are looking at, at it that way. Um, there, there's enough – not all their parents are looking at it that way, their circles. Um, so that's not – that's not something where all these kids are like, oh, who have, has the most first round draft picks? If you guys, if you're having guys get drafted, if you have a lot of guys getting drafted, I mean, obviously, if you have four, five, six first round picks in a class like a Georgia did or like an Alabama has before, I mean, yeah, that's that's big, but that's one program. That's literally one program. Um, so you know, these guys want to hear their name called on draft day, and wherever they think gives them the best chance to do that. Uh, those programs have a leg up in recruiting. There's a reason that Alabama, Ohio State, and Georgia have the highest ranked classes over the last decade. Now go add up the NFL draft picks and where those guys stand. They're all in the top. Those, those three are in the top five, and LSU's probably right there with them. <clears throat> All right, y'all, before we move on, I'm going to let everybody know about Prize Picks. Prize Picks is a skill based, real money daily fantasy sports game. How does it work? You just simply pick between two to six players, and if they'll go more or less than their prize picks projection, you aren't competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections available instead of battling thousands of other players. It's really simple to play, and it takes almost no time. And it's helpful to someone like me that's always on the go, always moving. I can make my picks, submit my entry in less than 60 seconds, and not have to worry about it. And plus, it adds a ton of excitement to the sports viewing experience. You can watch your progress update in real time. You can win up to 25 times your entry amount. And then you can cash out your winnings with quick withdrawals. Today, Prize Picks is hooking you up with that Thanksgiving football action. They're doing a deal where Christian McCaffrey only has to go over one yard. Simple enough. So I'm obviously taking that along with Jameer Gibbs to have more than 80 yards, both on the ground and through the air combined. So to join me in those picks, you can go to prizepicks.com slash ontexas. Use promo code on Texas, and they're going to give you a first deposit match of up to $100. And Prize Picks offers projections on any sport that you watch, including college football, and it adds a ton of excitement to the experience, which is why I personally love it. Again, prizepicks.com slash on Texas, promo code on Texas. Get that first deposit match up of up to $100, and that's Prize Picks. Daily fantasy sports made easy. Hey, I, I, want, I want to mention one thing well, since we've been talking about the NFL. The first pick of the third round signs a $5.85 million contract with a signing bonus of $1.26. This episode is made possible by PwC. It's getting hot out here. Moving the mercury can help move your business. PwC helps turn sustainability theory into real-world action. Reduce your carbon footprint while increasing transparency in net zero commitments. Start with reporting to identify your climate risks and reinvent your business. Create a more sustainable business and a stronger planet. It's all part of the new equation. Learn more at thenewequation.com. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Last year. What about fourth round? Four, first pick of the fourth round, 4.72 million, 887,000 signing bonus. Dude, Byron Murphy, go pro. Get your money, man. You've had a great career. <laughs> 
<laughs> go, go, win, go win two more games. Don't cheer that on too heavily, Mr. Mr. Hamilton. <laughs> we want to hold out some hope. Hey, uh, I, I, I will ask you this, Blake, about prize picks. You yeah. know, not, they didn't have anything in there for the Cowboys you felt confident about? What the heck? <laughs> I don't ever feel confident about the Cowboys, Bobby. <laughs> I, I've learned for many, many years to never feel confident about the Cowboys. <laughs> Well, I've got them on my fantasy team. Their defense on my fantasy team, and they're doing well on defense right now. They have done well here lately, so knock on wood. Hopefully it continues, but we'll see. All right, y'all, we're going to move on to some more questions. And real quick, Juan, I don't see your super chat. If you'll send it regular, we'll make sure to get to that. You may have done it before the broadcast started. Uh, This next question, guys, is from Travis McDermott, and he says, will Sadir Mitchell be ready next year? I think he's had a good second half of the season in terms of the day-to-day work um, and understand. Not that he went working hard, but understanding what he has to do. Uh, I think there's a difference. But if I say that, some people tell oh, he doesn't work hard. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, t- some of these guys it takes, especially at that position, it's a developmental position. Look where Devondre Sweat was. Look where Byron Murphy was. Look where Keandre Coburn was. I mean. Keandre Coburn, a top, what, 75 ranked kid in the country coming out of high school. Um, it took him time. Alfred Call, it takes these guys time. So, Sadir Mitchell's still in year one, but I've heard the second half of the season, the day to day understanding what he's going to have to do has started to uh, filter in there uh, for him. And, and so, I think the spring, guys like him, Jare Bledsoe, I think it's a huge spring for those guys um, because they have so much talent. They, those two guys are very talented players. And the thing about them is they're different players. Sadir Mitchell over the ball is tremendous with his size. Jare Bledsoe as a disruptor with his athleticism. Well, he'll be close to 300 pounds next year. You know, but those guys have to keep going. It can't be one week we do this and the next week we don't. Maybe that's why you haven't seen somebody play recently. It has to be a day-to-day thing. And they have to understand that part of the process. All right, guys. Well, if you're just joining us, we want to say welcome to Coffee and Football. Happy Thanksgiving, by the way. So be sure to get your questions in as well. we got plenty of time to get to those. And we're going to go over to the other side of the football now, y'all. David Mills says, question, did the offensive line take a step back this year? I know they're doing really well, but it seemed like last year they were more violent as a group. Man, I don't think so. I don't think so. Yeah, I think they've taken a big step forward, actually. They're more consistent this year. Um, and, and I will say this too. Uh, B. John Robinson hide, hides some faults, right? Yes. Um, he was making some people miss in the backfield. You don't see, and I'm crossing my fingers here and knocking on wood, I haven't seen many plays just lit up in the backfield by opponents this year. Um, and, and when it has been, maybe it's been more tied in blocks. Yes. Than offensive line blocks. Yeah, I, so a year ago, we were seeing plays get routinely blown up. People missing blocks, whiffs. Uh, there's been better communication, I think, uh, between the guards and centers on the on the blitzes up the middle. Have y'all noticed that this year? Yeah. Yes, some people are still getting home. But other than some early problems against Rice, that's really kind of been shored up as an ongoing issue. Um, so I, I would disagree. Um, I think that they've actually taken a step forward uh, and I, I expect them to be even better next year, guys. I mean, I, I really do. Even though Christian Jones will be gone, 
Um, I expect the offensive line to take another step forward next year. So statistically, I know statistics is just part of it, right? But just for some, just for the, us to talk about here, Texas running backs, and I'm talking about the whole running back room, had 2,400 yards in 13 games last year. Texas is about 1,900 yards right now uh, with at least two games to play, right? So two games to get to 13. So you're trending in uh, 22, 2,300 yards uh, for Texas. Uh, so maybe 100 yards less th than last year. But the passing game's improved so much that there's your trade-off. But I think the offensive line itself um, is an improved group from a year ago. And I say that with this. They haven't even been healthy this year. That's the thing I've taken away from the offensive line is last year the continuity week to week, the Texas staff didn't have to scramble Everything ran smoothly last year. All five starters started every single game and missed very few snaps. This year, you've had Kelvin Banks hobbled. Hayden Connor was less than 100% for a while. Jake Majors misses OU. I mean, Connor Robertson's first action in his college career of note is against Oklahoma for three and a half quarters, right? Uh, Cam Williams starts a game because Christian Jones goes down, right? D uh, DJ Campbell, Cole Hudson have both been nicked up. Obviously, Cole Hudson missed time. So they've done that this year without the continuity they had last year, which is, to me is impressive. Uh, before we get to these Super Chats, I want to ask a follow-up question. This one from Jason Hernandez. And he says, offensive line isn't running over people like they did in the Alabama game, though we get after week uh, that we got after that week. Why? Um, different defense, different style of defenses. Alabama doesn't play this three high safety look um, that, that tries to, you know, has every, they're, it's just different guys. I mean, you can't use Alabama as the proxy for the rest of the season. Texas did some things that surprised Alabama. They're not necessarily going to surprise teams that you play every year. It doesn't work that way. And it was rough sledding against Alabama for the first three quarters on the ground. Let's yeah. be honest. They didn't really move the ball on the ground until that final series, whereby they actually ran a couple of traps that they hadn't ran all game long against Alabama. I, I think there's there, there's a little um, misconception there that they just pounded the rock against Alabama. They they hit a couple of big runs, but it wasn't like I, I thought they ran the ball well against Iowa State, against the second best rushing defense in the Big 12. I, I thought that was really one of the more positive things that came out of uh, the Iowa State game. Cedric Baxter, you know, look, Jerry, we've been waiting for him. Is he or is he not an elite back? That's a fair question and had been a fair question because he hadn't really shown the consistency. Um, but I think we saw traces of that against Iowa State because, you know, and I, I use this term, and but Brian – Brian Irwin used it on Monday. He gets lathered up. It takes him five, six, seven totes, right, yeah. to get going. And maybe that's the kind of running back he is as opposed to a B. John Robinson or a Jonathan Brooks that make people miss and hit it and go, right? Maybe yeah. he's – Roshan Johnson was a little like that. Even though he came out powerful, he sometimes needs four or five to really start – managing where he was cutting and that sort of stuff. Yep. Yeah, no, I think the other thing too is uh is I was actually looking up rushing yards in college football this year. I was seeing 
you know, there's a freshman from Tulane, but, you know, I've gone the freshman from Western Michigan, but I've gone down this list here. There is not a freshman running back in the top 50 in the country in rushing yards. So I, I think that's the one thing is Baxter, you know, if he has a good game Saturday with Brooks being out for the year and Texas wins, he's going to end up with eight, 900 yards not being healthy this year. So I think uh, that's still a, probably a pretty good season considering he's just had the he's had the nagging injury bug this year that's really kept him from being 100% maybe, but two two games, realistically. All right, y'all, we got these super chats we're going to get to, and Juan uh, said what his was. And he wants to know, there was a tweet last night that Ryan Day is expected to be the next head coach for Texas A&M. Is that true or not? And thank you. You would have you would have you would have to bring uh you'd have to bring that one up. I I don't know. (laughs) Look, I think that that could be wish casting. The interesting thing that it doesn't fit a timeline that Jerry's heard. Jerry's heard that they've got their guy and it's expected to be named next Tuesday or Wednesday. Okay. Ryan Day would not be able to be announced next Tuesday or Wednesday if indeed he tries to beat, he actually does beat uh, Michigan this week. So he wouldn't be willing to do that. Not if you're going to go play for a national championship. So I don't, I don't, I I think that was a joke more than anything. Uh, I think it could be a number of different people, whether it's, you know, I don't know, name somebody. Mike Elko is, is probably odds on favorite, the Duke coach right now. That was a former defensive coordinator at AM. Uh, but you know, beyond that, I, I don't have real insight right now on who they're going with. Although, from uh, from what I understand, it's not going to be Jeff Trailer, at least at this point. Uh Trailer by do they play Tulane this week? Who do they, they do? Winner yeah. goes to the conference championship game to play SMU. Big that's a big game for, for UTSA too. Huge game. Because really good first year in that conference, they haven't lost the conference game, but they were undefeated in their conference last year. I don't think they've lost the conference game in like 19 games. Um, by the way, somebody uh, somebody's asking, and uh, I, I think, it, I don't know who it was. It may have been a joke. Is Colin Simmons at the Civil War, uh, meaning the Oregon-Oregon State game? Well, if he is, that means he's going to get kicked off the Duncanville game before their playoff Saturday. <laughs> I, 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 I I doubt very seriously if he's in Eugene, Oregon, because uh, Duncanville plays the Woodlands Saturday at three in a third round football playoff game. Yeah, I don't see them letting him leave for that. All right, guys, another super chat. This one from Brandon Morgan. Thank you, Brandon. He says, if Texas gets Evan Stewart, would he be a day one starter? Uh, I would think so. <laughs> I mean, look, he's he's got speed. The one thing that Texas like Jonte Gook's really, really good, but he's not as fast as as Xavier Worthy. No, no. Um, and I think that may be in, but I'll be blunt. I mean, Evan Stewart is, right? He's in the similar uh similar range. Um, so I, I do feel like that's a possibility or a likelihood if he were to go to Texas. I don't know right now that Evan Stewart is lined up to go to Texas, though, guys. All right, guys, we got more Super Chats to get to, quite a few of them, actually. And Michael Williams with this next one. Thank you, Michael. He says, Happy Thanksgiving. Basketball questions. Is Max's last name Asmus or Amos? And does the move to the SEC impact the basketball program? It's Asmus. And uh, look, I, I wondered if it would impact Texas on the recruiting trail a little negatively. Because the Big 12 is going to be – Brett Yormark is going to have the best basketball conference long-term, especially if he adds Gonzaga, 
Villanova, and he gets some of those really good basketball schools that aren't football schools in. But just think about this. Cam Scott from Lexington, South Carolina, came down to Texas and SEC schools. Well, Texas is an SEC school, so help there. Um, Trey Johnson, it would have been easy for him to go to Baylor. Uh, look, I mean, and I'm not – so my point is SEC hasn't hurt Texas. I don't think it necessarily helps Texas. I don't think it hurts Texas. I think basketball is so different than football from the landscape. Uh, but there were a lot of reasons for Trey Johnson to go to Baylor, including if you're going to play a year of college basketball, may as well be in the Big 12 and play against Kansas and Arizona and everybody. He bypassed that, and he's going to Texas. So Nick Cody, same thing in Dallas. Uh, so I, I don't think it hurts Texas. Uh, I wondered initially when that move was made, announced, okay, what? how are kids going to – how are some kids going to react to it? How's the AAU scene in Dallas going to react to that, right? Uh, but I don't think it's hurt Texas at all. I don't necessarily think it helps push Texas over the top on any in-state guys either. Um, Basketball is so different. You're talking about three high school guys in a class. Um, so I, I don't think it's had much difference one way or the other. All right. Next super chat is from Jonte Randolph. Thank you, Jonte. He says, if we make it to the college football playoff, what would Sarks and the staff's new contracts look like? And would we be able to retain all of our current coaches? That's a loaded question. My my first reaction to that is Sarks contracts going to look a lot like your uh, super chat, but with a few more zeros. After it. <laughs> Approximately six more zeros. Yes. Yeah. If it's the college football playoff. He's looking at nine comma nine nine oh comma oh 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 per year. <laughs> I bet he does. I bet it's that eight to ten range. That's my guess. That that would be my. I mean, I and you know you can you can say what you want. I think that the issue would be uh, that you're asking about here is the staff's new contracts. Um, let's let's think about that. Okay, Jeff Choate may be up for some small jobs, Jerry. Yeah, um, even some big jobs. Boise State uh, head coaching job is open right now. San Diego um, State. Brennan Marion interviewed at San Diego State. Yeah. So San Diego State's open. There's there's yeah. some schools out there that Texas guys might take a look at USC foolishly tried to put Pete Kwiatkowski on its list, but I mean, you know, Lincoln Riley is seven and five and talking about getting fired. Why is Pete Kwiatkowski going to USC next year to start another reclamation project on a defense that, that they don't actually even let you practice defense in, in, uh, in practice at USC because of Lincoln Riley and the offense. Um, So I, I, I would, I would counter that right now, I don't see anybody leaving, certainly not because of money, possibly because of opportunity. And maybe that's Jeff Choate. Maybe. I, I don't I don't know if anybody else has a bigger, better opportunity in the offing. And, and by the way, I, I always go back to something Rick Barnes said when he was at Texas. If I have assistants that don't want to be head coaches, I have the wrong assistant. Now, Every position coach can't be uh, a, a head coach, to be fair. There's more in football, but you still want that mindset. You know, a, a Bo Davis, who's been a D-line coach forever, that's what he is. Uh, uh, Kyle Flood was the head coach at Rutgers, though, right? A.J. Milway will eventually be a head coach somewhere in the MAC or something. These guys are going to get opportunity. Deshard Choice, everybody talks about would he jump to the NFL. I would bet he has an opportunity – at, at some point, like uh, Stan Drayton did, 
I mean, there's going to be opportunities out there for these guys if they keep winning. And that's a great thing. Again, that's like getting your guys drafted. I mean, everybody wants our – I mean, think about how many guys have got made been made millionaires working under Nick Saban. Or Mac Brown. Or Mac Brown. That's a good thing for Steve Sarkeesian in Texas. Again, it's kind of like having guys drafted. All right, y'all. Well, you're watching Coffee and Football presented by Texas Road, and we want to thank all of you for tuning in, and happy Thanksgiving. And, Bobby, before we move on to the other Super Chats, I'm going to let you tell everybody about Texas Road. Yeah, Texas Road specializes in doing difficult commercial installations, also does some private work as well. Uh, the team's engineering background gives Texas Road the ability to perform work other firms often consider too risky. Uh, Rick Vavro and his team offer an end-to-end -end client experience, including seamless communication, budgeting, staffing, and top-notch trade partners. And most importantly, they produce solid quality work each and every time. They focus on what you need done and get it done right. That's Texas Road. We appreciate them sponsoring uh, Coffee and Football, uh, and we thank them uh, as well uh, as we can here. I appreciate it, Rick, to you and yours. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. All right, guys. Well, more Super Chats, like I said. So we're going to get to this next one. This comes from Papa Dot. And he says, why is the offense still a one-read offense? Quinn gets happy feet when he has to come off his first read, and a lot of passes are behind and not in stride. I don't know if I necessarily agree with that. Yeah, uh, he's not. it's not a one-read offense. It's, it is it is largely a one-side read yeah. offense. And people have to remember, Matt Jones threw his first read 84% of the time at Alabama under Sark, guys. 84%. It's a high number. It's a very high number, but let's, let's go back to this. Um, it's not just a one read. It's a one-sided read, typically. Right. Um, and why do they do that? So that they don't get a bunch of sacks and uh, give up negative plays. Now, Quinn, does he get happy feet at times? Yes. He got happy feet early. I think he self-sacked himself three times against Iowa State. He started moving up, though, in the second half, and you saw what happened. Once Quinn's processing gets quicker and quicker, and he doesn't just – lock in on one side and starts coming back to the middle of the field or and even going to the opposite side, I think things look good for him long-term. Um, does he need to improve there? Yes. He's not a pro quarterback, guys. Stop grading him and thinking of him as such. He is still developing. That's the great thing. Like, you may not see pro quarterbacks. They may go – a lot of pro quarterbacks may go from an A-minus to an A or from a B to a A minus, you can see a college quarterback's full transition. Think about Quinn last year. I mean, he didn't even know where his first read was sometimes. Now you're, you're saying, well, he's not getting off his second read. Give him time. Let him get there. And thankfully, Texas fans, I feel like, are going to get the benefit of that next season. Uh, this next super chat comes from Blake, and thank you, Blake. And he says, "Latest on Colton Vosick or any other freshmen that haven't played this year, but that are developing behind the scenes." I, uh, you know, I was told recently that uh, young offensive line uh, Tre Trevor Gooseby's very been very impressive. Jaden Chapman's been very impressive. Uh, Connor Stroh, uh, man, he's a worker, right? He's a worker who's physical, working to get the feet quicker. Uh, yeah, I've heard some positive things uh, about those young offensive linemen. 
Uh, Bobby, I, I know we continue to hear good things about Warren Roberson, just the physicality, the toughness, the love of football he has. Uh, you know, it's going to be it's going to be interesting. Really, we talked about earlier this week, but the linebackers and edge guys in the spring. That's really going to be the ones I'm looking for in the spring because you have Colton Vosick, you have Billy Walton, Akana, Burrell. Uh, I feel like Leona LaFowle, even though he's playing on special teams and sparingly, is kind of a red shirt to me because you haven't seen extended action. Uh, you know, Darian Gillette. I mean, there's a lot of those guys this spring, and we'll see who starts making some moves because this is a big spring for those guys because Texas is going to keep recruiting top 10 classes behind them. I want to say this. I, I think Roberson uh, and LaFowle are two. I, I would add um, – uh, McDonald, uh, Jelani McDonald to that list. Yeah. Uh, Spencer Shannon to that list uh, as a tight end, inline tight end. Um, I would also uh, talk about Sadir Mitchell uh, to that point. One thing I heard recently about McDonald, by the way, is there's a little bit of internal fight about who gets him in the offseason, whether that's uh, Terry Joseph uh, at corner slash nickel or Blake Gideon at safety or Jeff Choate at linebacker. Uh, think, uh, think about that. I mean, he's, that's how versatile that young man is. Yep. You have three coaches fighting over you. It's pretty good stuff. Austin asked, I got Austin asked, do you have a personal favorite recruit this year? Well, people know mine, Daniel Cruz, Colin Simmons was the must get recruit for Texas because special edge rush talent. And that doesn't mean you're going to see 12 sacks as a freshman, because I think that's where, People take this stuff. Well, Jerry thought this guy was, I'm not saying, I'm not saying what he's going to do statistically, but I'm saying as an edge rush prospect, there hadn't been one like him recruited at Texas. And that's not a knock on some really good players. Um, but Daniel Cruz is so interesting to me because, you know, I just, I, I see what Casey Stutter did for the physicality of the Texas offensive line and what that meant. And I think Daniel has a lot of those qualities. I mean, he's just, nicest guy always smiling but then when it comes to football man it's a knock you down and help you up and sorry i had to hurt you type of thing <laughs> but the physicality of his of his game is just a little different to me the competitiveness i mean you're talking about a guy who plays left tackle if they need him he's played more center this year because that's where texas is going to play him and a center who's a power guy in the run game in the sec bobby that that that's pretty important if you have a really good one, right? And then he wrestles. He throws the shot. I mean, he does. He plays D-tackle when they need him to. That He's a guy that just everything physically, he does it. You know, whether it's offensive line, defensive line, wrestling. He's just one of those guys. Uh, but I think he's – he. I do love Daniel Cruz for what I think he's going to bring to this program as much as a, what he is as a prospect on the offensive line. I, I had to laugh, Jerry, when you said – when you, you made the comment, like, sorry, I, you, when he knocked somebody down and then, sorry, I had to hurt you. Yeah. That that reminds me of my ninth grade year. <laughs> I was I was five. I'm six foot tall, by the way, now. But I was five foot one in, in the ninth grade. And I went up against a guy that on the in the board drill that was like six two. ended up signing with Rice, uh, you know, three years later. But he was like six two, 300 pounds. He was huge. And the coaches, you know, get all rah-rah. And literally, he just he took the air out of me. Right. And got on top of me. And he goes, and he, he, he reaches over to me and I'm literally can't get my breath. 
He goes, sorry, man, can I help you up? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, was just, I just, I just had that. I just, I went back 35 years in my life and just said, oh God, I, I remember that feeling. How, how to be on the receiving end of that is just not, it's just like depressing almost, you know, it's like, I'm not like you. That's, that's I'll tell you another one for me guys that, um, and it's more than just a player. I'm I'm very interested to, interested to watch Jordan Johnson rebel at Texas. I think when I've I've been going to IMG for years, right? When I was ESPN Under Armour, uh, whatever, because they have so much talent, right? Um, but I, when I was there this, in the spring, the the IMG staff talked about how he was kind of the leader of that team. If you're the leader of an IMG team, that kind of that kind of goes up the elevator for me. I'm like, whoa, okay, that's a little different. Because that means you're not worried and you're confident enough to go and step into a leadership role on a high school team with kids who come from everywhere in the country. And there's going to be four, five, six future NFL players on that team. If you're considered one of the two leaders of that team, that says something to me. I, I, I'm very interested to see what Jordan Johnson Rebell does. He's an early enrollee. I'm not saying an instant impact guy. But he's got some qualities there uh, that are going to be interesting to watch. All right, y'all. We got a lot of more super chats to get to. The first one here from UT Boy. And sorry, UT Boy. I don't know why it's not showing up as a super, but he says, Family, hook them. Happy Thanksgiving to you, UT Boy. Appreciate the super chat. And then Jose Rodriguez says, Happy Thanksgiving, guys, on the super chat. So happy, happy Thanksgiving to you. Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, UT Boy and Jose. All right, y'all, and then I'm going to go back up here, and Juan has a question for Jerry. He says, what happened with the Evan Stewart recruitment? Did Texas screw it up having Andre Coleman there, or was it Evan? What was the deal? I think it was a, I think it was a bunch of uh, things. I, I don't, I'm not sure that uh, – I don't want to crush Coleman. I'm not sure he did a great job in that recruitment based on talking to somebody. Uh, but, you know, I think there were uh, obviously a lot of other things as well. I think it was a confluence of factors to Jerry's point. Um, the, the, the thing that, I mean, re- originally he committed to Texas. Don't forget that. Um, but I think that A&M had, I mean, A&M was winning. He didn't commit preseason, right? He actually committed after the fact and A&M was winning and Texas wasn't. I think it's, that's, that's a big part of it. A&M certainly had a more aggressive NIL faction at that point and i think that was part of it but you know a couple things like that okay y'all this next super chat is from jamerica industries saying he says texas is plus 1400 in most books to make the playoff alabama is plus 600 does our september win just mean nothing or are the books out of sorts on this well i i think it means more to the college football playoff committee right now i think is that um, – do they think Alabama is going to beat Georgia? Well, if Alabama – so that's the issue. Alabama actually has a more direct route, if you think about it. Alabama beats Georgia. Alabama is in over Georgia. So they actually control their own fate in the SEC. Texas does not control its own fate so long as Florida State remains undefeated. So that's the that's it. All Alabama has to do is beat Auburn today and beat Georgia. Texas has to beat Texas Tech and Oklahoma State and hope Florida State loses. Now, I'm a little different on Bobby on this. 
I think if it even if Alabama wins the SEC, if Texas is, and I think this is where the converse. I hope we get the habit because that means Texas won two games in a row. Um, the next last two. I think I personally think Texas win at Alabama is going to keep them ahead long term. I just I really oh, do. I agree. You're not different than me. I think but, Texas. Texas will be, keep them ahead, but you're not going to – They'll they might go with Georgia over Alabama. There, there's going to be an SEC school in the in the big – in the college football playoff. See, the interesting thing, though, for me on that, Bobby, is if Big, the Big Ten gets one, Pac-12 gets one, um, if it comes down to a fourth spot, if it just did come down to a fourth spot with all these scenarios – and it's Texas at 12 and 1, Alabama SEC champs at 12 and 1. And there it's one of those two for the last spot. I'm I'm not sure this would be the one time I would say I'm not sure the SEC gets in the playoff because I I, I Texas won at Alabama by 10 and nobody's ever done it uh, since Nick Saban's been the coach there. And I think the college football playoff committee has the biggest get out of jail free card ever this year. It's the last year, man. Next year's 12 teams. This stuff isn't even a conversation. Well, I will I will add this. The actual playoff committee does have some rules that guide it. Yeah. And head-to-head at conference championships matter and head-to-head matter. Yeah. All right, so we're going to move on to the next one. This one from Tony Mattia. Thank you, Tony. He says, happy Thanksgiving to all on Texas football has been a great addition this year. Inside Texas is fantastic, but on Texas football has taken this to a whole new level. Love the guests and the content. Hook on. Thank you. Thanks. It's happy Thanksgiving to all, truly. Appreciate you guys. I'm ready for some turkey, though. It's getting that time, man. (laughs) <laughs> and speaking of special guests, we'll have Kat Osterman on tomorrow morning. So be sure to check that out before she heads to the tech game. And then Daniel Kinneman with Super Chat says, do spread quarterbacks have trouble going through progression reads initially? This is my biggest critique of Quinn. Well, Quinn is a spread spread quarterbacks do if they're going into a pro style offense, not to another spread offense. That's the difference. So, Quinn went from a spread uh, offense into a pro-style offense. If you're going spread to spread, it's the same thing, virtually. And then this next one here is from Ken Ward. And uh, he says, happy Thanksgiving and hook them. Happy Thanksgiving to you and thank you, Ken. He says, it's been a while since I've been able to catch you guys live. Do you think Joey McGuire will try to get Taj Brooks the ball outside the tackles after Iowa State rushing for just nine yards? So I, I I have a take here. I think this is the best running back Texas has faced this year. Um, and we'll see if they face Ollie Gordon next week. But I think Taj Brooks is a bowling ball of sorts. Um, his yards after contact is very, very, very good. Um, I, I think he's a guy that can – he he has really good jump cut, skip cut for a back that his size. So it'll be interesting to see what Texas Tech does scheming in the run game. But when Sark talks about populating the football, Texas better populate the football with this guy. I'm not saying they're saying Taj Brooks is going to run all over Texas. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is this is the best guy Texas has faced this year, in my opinion, at running back for the college game. Um, so there's a reason. Not many guys take 30 carries a game four weeks in a row. You know, he's averaged 30. It had to mean at that 34 weeks in a row. He's averaged 30 carries a game in the last four weeks. I mean, you're a physic, physical, tough, impose your will, 
type of running back to do that in the modern day of college football. It's just not done much. Go look around. Um, and by the way, I can't wait to get the Coltman Rose uh, uh, super chat. Uh, but uh, I, Bobby, I think Taj Brooks is a really, really good football player, especially in the college game as a running back and spread college football. I, I think he is the best running back Texas will have faced this year. Um, and you made the point about him being a little bit of a pinball. Um, I do think also to Ken's point, they're going to try to run more outside than inside. Uh, that is something that they'll try to do to spread Texas out a little bit, because you got to remember that's their style of offense. Uh, whereas, uh, you know, Iowa state was more that traditional pro style kind of attack. Um, so adding all that together, I do think they're going to try to get him outside. One of the things that Texas did so well last week, maybe the best they've done is they team tackled better in the run game than I've seen them. I mean, the, the, they basically play really good leverage. Um, and so that, that's absolutely what you have to do against the Taj, uh, Taj Brooks. Next, next super chat. Yes. I'm going to kill <laughs> Thank myself. Thank you, Colt. Colt Monroe, you're, you're, he's had there. He's had a roll tribe. Is, so, that, is that the name of your team? Yeah. So Comanche, of course, Comanche Indians, roll tribe, yeah. going to the playoffs tomorrow. So Colt, quit spending my money, though. Uh, hey, wait a minute. Wait, wait a minute, Blake. You have to tell him, where did you get the name Colt? Do I need to ask even? Yeah, yeah. That, that should be pretty self-explanatory. He was named <laughs> after Colt McCoy, and then his middle name's even Austin. So he's like, you know. <laughs> the typical Texas kid. Oh, man. But, yeah, son, quit spending my money. We're, we're going to go to this next super chat. I know he's doing it to aggravate me. Uh, Jay Lee. Thank you, Jay. He says, Sweat on Okafor's podcast said he came into Texas at 320. He didn't go pro last year because the NFL feedback was he was too big of a party animal, and they had three down player doubts. I don't think he can come into Texas at 320 pounds. I don't think. I, I I don't know. I'd have to go back and listen to that. I think he was 265, 270 to see him. Maybe he gained 50 pounds and did nothing after basketball season. But when I saw him as a senior, he wasn't that big. Um, I'd have to go back. But um, now, look, unless and he would have gained it from high school basketball season because he played. I mean, he played as a senior on the basketball team. Right. He wasn't 300 pounds as a high school senior playing center on, at basketball. Um, but yeah, so to the point of why he stayed, I think, look, I, he was a guy who the development was huge, huge for because his body did change so much. Right. And he had to learn to be um, a NFL level defensive tackle physically. I think that's the one thing Bo Davis is probably really good at um, is bringing out the physicality of these guys. Right. That, that's going to be the key for these guys. Yes, you have to develop the hand placement, uh, all, all of those technical things, but it's bringing out the physicality to be an NFL football player. And I, that's the thing with Sweat that I think is, Bobby, he's taken such a big step uh, in the last year and a half in college football is he now looks like a guy that physically can play in the NFL in a very physical game. And I'm not saying, sure he did early in his college career. Byron Murphy always had. He just had to maximize his frame to get. Yeah, Tavondre looked fluffy. Yeah, for lack of he didn't look. You know, now he's he's big. He's still that big, but he doesn't look fluffy. That's the difference. 
right, y'all, we got one more question today, and then we're going to end it. I, uh, let's see here, and it's from UT Tyler Boy. He says, who could eat more turkey legs, the defensive line or the offensive line? Oh, that's offensive line. Yeah, they're the eaters, guys. <laughs> I mean, Cam <laughs> Williams could eat more than the whole defensive line. <laughs> I, I think it's the offensive line historically. I've been at some of those where they – you know, the Cotton Bowl had the prime rib thing at Lowry Steakhouse or something. The offensive line just always kills that thing. Always. All right, Bobby, before we get out of here, first off, we want to wish everybody a happy Thanksgiving. But tell everybody what they can expect later today right here on Non-Texas Football. Yeah, Paul Wadlington's actually in uh, Rockport, Texas today with his family uh, down on the coast. So I'm going to talk with him for tail of the tape, going over the ins and outs of what Texas – and Texas Tech uh, are going to bring to the table. Uh, we'll go Texas offense versus Tech defense and then take the Tech offense against the Texas defense uh, and talk about that. Also, uh, we have uh, football theory tonight. Uh, so after your games that you watch, uh, may want to check out uh, football theory with Ian Boyd and Rod Babers. And then we're back again here tomorrow uh, for Friday coffee and football. Got a full day tomorrow. Uh, we are now officially, by the way, uh, are almost 33 hours until kickoff. Uh, Longhorns taking on Texas Tech tomorrow night uh, at 6.30. Guys, for me personally, and I, I want to say this, thank you all so much. Yeah. Happy Thanksgiving to everyone. Be safe. Enjoy your uh, friends and family wherever you're spending your day uh, today. we uh, it's just It's been a pleasure uh, this whole year. Been an exciting one. 10-1 uh, uh, Longhorns going at it and playing a meaningful game the day after Thanksgiving. Can't, it does just doesn't get better than that for me. Uh, that's right. All right, guys. We want to thank Texas Road and Prize Picks as well for sponsoring today's show. Thank you all for tuning in. Thank you for all the super chats. As Bobby said, everybody out there have a very happy and safe Thanksgiving. And for Bobby Burton and Jerry Hamilton, I'm Blake Monroe, and we'll see you tomorrow morning. Welcome. Happy Thanksgiving.